Welcome to the Cliff Dorfman Show. We are back for part two with Laz Alonzo. Exciting. Yeah, it really is exciting. The, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the first part's great and learning all the history, and now we really get into the, the meat. Oh, I know. And, and also, I mean, we get into the stuff that you like, which is, uh, I know it's going to be. Avatar. Yeah, I know it's going to be Avatar. And again, it would be great if you didn't bring it up. Avatar. Because <laughs> then it's going to really limit my ability to discuss the boys. Yeah. But if I can't fanboy out, what's the point? Listen, I'm not saying don't bring it up because I, I think we have a duty to. But I, I feel as if we could glaze. Uh, it's going to be impossible. All right. So aside from that, wh- what's going on? Did I did I ever tell you my mom thinks I'm in the Avatar credits? What? She, oh, did you work? Something? I worked on a, uh, we worked on a toy line based on the movie with Mattel. Oh, okay. It was really cool. Right. But when I try to explain that to my mom, she didn't understand. What do you do? You so work I, in the, you work in the movies? She thinks I worked on the Avatar. And on she, the Avatar. She, and there's enough names in the back where she, they go fast enough where I think she just thinks she missed it. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's it, I mean, there's got to be 10,000 names in that credit. Oh, there's so many. Credits. I mean, the Weta CGI people alone would probably fill half a dictionary. What else is going on? How's every? How's every? Are you watching anything that's that's interesting right now? Things no. are good. Uh, you know, we we're, we just wa- finished watching the 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 Jeopardy Championship. That oh was yeah, the house the, is that the goat, the greatest you, of all time, the Ken Jennings. Uh, you watch it as a family. We watch it as a family. That's nice. And um, and we really mean to each other. If we don't know the answer and somebody else <laughs> does, or if somebody says an answer that's just not quite right, you wouldn't believe how many times I've mispronounced a word. They're like, "You're wrong and stupid." <laughs> How There's much, an extra S there. How much money is there? Like the winner, like the goat. Who? How much money does this guy win? Goat brought home a million dollars. Million dollars. So, at, and how how many appearances is that over? But oh, this is sorry to interrupt. But this is just in this tournament. This you, is just you tournament. Made a million so bucks. three people. It was uh, James Holtzauer, who's mm-hmm. like the the biggest single day money winner. Like for has the top eleven most like records for the highest earnings ever. I think his biggest one was like one hundred thirty seven thousand, which is like double almost the the last uh one and then there's uh ken jennings mm-hmm. and then uh brad oh, I'll, I'll get his name um brad who was the per- he's never lost he'd never lost a game to a human on jeopardy since the beginning until this this tournament what i'm interested in again as you as you're gonna see in a trend with my brain is the cumulative factors so now what i'm interested in is the cumulative factors of the all-time winnings of these people because mm-hmm. i'm curious like did they win ten million dollars over all these appearances, or did they win like is it a million or a million five over you know their whole life uh-huh. of, of being on Jeopardy, and then the the small tiny percentage of people who get on Jeopardy? My point is, it doesn't pay well to be smart. Well, I don't think it does. I'm not saying oh, don't yeah. be smart, but yeah, yeah. it doesn't seem to pay well. What does the Nobel Prize give you? How I much? Think that's close to a million bucks. I think well, you're. That's what I mean. What's a million dollars? Yeah, that's true. A million dollars after taxes. Do you have to pay taxes on the Nobel on the uh, it's Nobel Swedish. Prize? Swedish. Maybe you can hide it in a bank account right away. They don't care in Sweden. Okay. They're like, just don't drive a car. Here's a bike. <laughs> um, I actually do know on the on at least a couple of them. So James has only done the one game show, mm-hmm. um, and he's won like 2.5 million during his run. Okay, plus another 250 thousand for the goat because um, he didn't win. Mm-hmm. Ken Jennings um, has won 5.5 million total on all game show appearances and like four point something. It just Jeopardy alone. 
Um, and he's written a bunch of books from that. And then five million is yeah. the worst amount. They did that whole thing oh, on yeah. Succession. Well, Do you remember the best thing, yeah, the best thing the, ever about how five million is like having you're already poor. You're it's the worst than being poor. Yep, because <laughs> you, you still got to work. You're not quite there. <laughs> it was the best. It was one of the best scenes. Like, yeah, I have to actually. We got to. <laughs> I want to go back through and watch that again. It was such That's a good the best episode. Thing yeah, yeah. five million dollars. You're yeah. in prison. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're in like rich person's prison, yeah. so you're working for the man. Yeah, but like, you think you have stuff, but no. Too not big enough to play and hobnob with the big guys. Yep. Um, too much to hang out with the with the us. Right. Exactly. It's uh, not nothing's working with yeah, five million. Yeah. yeah. Don't give me five million. What a what a fucking one percenter perspective. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah. And then the Brad Rutter guy. To get back to it, it's Brad Rutter is the the other one. He like I said, he'd never lost before this, and he got on the show before they had like a you could only win five times, so he never got to do what Ken Jennings did and went like thirty you know thirty or forty strong mm -hmm. um he's won the most money on jeopardy which is like 5.2 but not technically the most game show money which is ken for 5.5 I, I just had a complete thought i mean 5.5 too okay but now I, I moved on because i was like okay that's oh okay so jason keeps going we don't have video on so he keeps pointing at me like he's doing like a finger gun oh, like he's finger banging I love, me i just finger gun yeah it's, he's it's finger like banging <laughs> yeah so he's finger banging me across the table and i'm like do you, do you, i'm like mouthing no. like oh, uh, <laughs> and no it's not that at all um he was just finger banging. I'm just bad with my hands. Yeah, and was it? Oh, this is what I was gonna say. So, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm just premiered. Uh huh. The new season. Yep. Have you watched? I haven't it? watched it yet. Okay. So I'm I don't. I, I'm beyond excited. I just don't know what to do because I don't even want to talk about it because I want to binge the whole season. Like, so I'm like, do I wait mm -hmm. and watch like all whatever eight, ten episodes in a row? Mm -hmm. Then I think, you know, uh, how am I gonna last? Yeah. You know, doing that, I'm gonna have to talk about it every week. You're what? gonna have to watch it. You know that, right? I, oh, I, I, I will do that with great pleasure. It's I fucking love, insane. It's a brilliant I mean, show. But I mean, this season might be the best. But okay, but you have to watch it first. So we'll talk about it on the next. Okay. Go round. Perfect. Uh, what about you? Anything? You're watching anything? You know, I'm trying to. I feel like everything went off the air. I mean, Modern Family is kind of back, and then Family Guy won't be consistent, mm -hmm. which is like just. Every Sunday, give me a fucking episode. Yeah. Like, and then I'm saying with American Dad, like, yo, are you coming back on in January or yeah. not? Because I'm a little, mm -hmm. and then I, you know, the binge thing. Oh, do you do we, Bob's Burgers? I don't. I never oh. got into it. Oh, it's so good. I know. I tried. I, everybody loves it. I, I don't. Uh, but The Outsider. Have you watched it? Not Jason yet. Bateman. I Stephen heard King? great things, and so Ooh. I'm I'm really ready to Ooh. get into that. That thing is like, yeah. Oh my god, the first two episodes, you're like, what the fuck? Like Jason Bateman directs it, and then. I mean, this thing, and he's, his acting is, he gives a monologue in this thing about a, a baseball mm -hmm. metaphor with this kid who's a bunter, who, you know, this kid who died. Can't, I mean, this fucking monologue he gives, it might be the best thing I've ever seen him do in acting, and that's saying a lot because I think he's one of the best out there. He's great. Does he do smarmy Jason Bateman or, like, good-hearted? It's like... right in the middle because oh, you have really? to understand this character is a guy who supposedly killed a kid, but did he? Mm -hmm. You know, and what he did to the kid, it looks like he cannibalized him or it was something really so bad. Super brutal. But it's Stephen King. But then there's like a video of him in two places at the same time, mm. like 800, uh, 200 miles away from each other, where he can't have done this. He could not have done this. But yet, it's like, why is he in the video around the corner from his house while he's 200 miles away at a teaching conference? And you know, like some dude in a hood with a deformed face is just hanging around all the beginning credits all the time. You're like, well, who's that guy? You're like it might be Bateman. <laughs> like uh, this is really creepy. You're like Stephen King. How does this guy, Stephen? Let just for a minute. Let's talk about Stephen okay. King. And he's got the Institution coming out, and he uh, just. I mean, it, it's a non-stop rattling of keys in that house. Oh yeah. The ideas. Talk what the fuck? It takes me a year to have one idea that works. 
putting out ideas. What is this? And, and, and it's still stuff that people are picking up on and reading, and it's, it's working, still quality. And it's, and it's fucking wor- great. Yeah. It, everything he's doing is is great. And all these adaptations, I mean, they, they're just yeah. not going to stop yeah. until he stops writing. Yeah. But, you know, he might live to 150. I, I would hope so. I he do. might already be 150 and sending the manuscripts back yeah. to this time from, you know, 2070. Yeah, he bought some. That's where the needful things came from. He actually found some store where he bought the secret to eternal life, but he had to give up something. <laughs> this <laughs> is what I'm saying. I feel like these things are happening to him because all this shit, like you're not just concocting it. It's like that's if I come in and I pitch you like, hey, listen guy commits a murder and there's another guy on the video who looks exactly like him it's like and then there's a guy in a hood who's got a deformed face who's always hanging around yeah. and then you don't know who killed who or what's going on and you don't know who killed the kid and you're like would you buy that and unless you were stephen king right. or david uh you know it doesn't even sound like it works david lynch would be the only person other person i'd take that that pitch from yeah you like, i'll take the leap go for it <laughs> yeah. you know here's some money <laughs> you're, like, you're like fanning checks at these people like strippers. There's only certain people that pull that off well. Yeah. You know? Stephen King is bigger than Marvel. Yep. Have you seen uh, 1917? Not yet. I, I, that's this that's, weekend. Yeah. That, that's you have to see it in a theater. Oh, yeah. But it's a shame now that we have to say that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, that's a movie you have to see in the theater. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Well, is, that well, that was even with my wife. She's like, oh, we got the screeners today, and uh, let's watch this. And I was like, well, I can watch some of this stuff here, but we're not watching 1977 on our. Um, the, uh, oh, wait, wait, but back up. You you have screeners? Yeah. What do you got? I got uh, I got a big old list. Bombshell. Uh, oh yeah. Parasite. We're gonna, we're gonna um, have to talk up yeah. the air. Okay. <laughs> I saw Parasite. I mean, unbelievable. We talked about this. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, but uh, so 1917. I feel, but that's where we're at. We're at a place where it's like. If it's a real movie, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about Marvel stuff. Got to see it. Oh, you have to see this one in the theater. Yeah. You never used to have to say yeah. that. You had to see everything in the theater. Yep, you now do. you just got a box and you sit at home and, and you, you don't have to leave your house yeah. ever yeah. for anything. You, know, you can order from Amazon Prime yeah. and uh, have groceries in two hours, fresh fruit and shit. I mean, it's being, you know, I mean, th- this is it. It's there the is life. no more. Um, they've they've built a world for what's the uh, thing where you don't want agoraphobics. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah they've built Pretty a world much. where we're all the boy in the bubble. I just want to nap. I would. Rel- I don't want to necessarily be a boy in a bubble, but a bear in a hibernation cave. That I could get down with. Just like one big six-month stretch where it's just me caved in. Do you believe they're sleeping for six months? Is that what it is? I thought, is it three? I mean, any amount of time. A, a, a num- some given number of months, which is more than I've ever had the opportunity to sleep. That's it, right? I that's, mean, we got to go into this. By the way, in the in the first part, though, I mean. What's I mean? Les does not give a fuck. He does whatever it takes to. I mean, he wrapped his car in a. Oh yeah, in the, the pink, the uh, pink starburst. starburst. Wrap. I mean, yeah, it's it's all right. Let's get back to this. We're going to talk about what? Oh, nothing. I mean, what? Avatar is a big part. I'm excited to talk about the boys, and um, you know, oh, I can't wait to talk about the boys. Yeah. And then, like, I can't wait to like DM Seth Rogen on Twitter because I just want a reason to talk to him. Like, hey, we really promoted the boys for you, man. <laughs> Can we be friends now? Oh, yeah. Someday, someday, yeah. Seth. Yeah, I know. It's like he's got like his friends. He's not. He's not adding any new no. friends. No, he doesn't need me. I feel like I had a guy tell me a story and like, oh yeah, like this good friend of mine. He got into a fight with someone. He was yelling at him. Big Russian guy. And this guy, my friend, is a scary guy. And he's yelling at this Russian guy from behind. Russian guy didn't even turn around. He was like smoking a cigar and smiling the whole time while the guy was yelling at him. Mm-hmm. And then, wait, why did I bring this up now? I see. This is what Seth happens. I, I lose my train of Seth thought. Seth Rogan's friend, yeah, group. right. His friend group is small. Oh no! Right. So then later on, thank you. See, 
Jason. Yeah, you see, <laughs> I as much shit as I give you, that's good. Real, before I forget again. So he's screaming at him whatever. later after he realized it wasn't going to work, and he ends up talking to the guy. I'm sure he apologized because the guy would have like crushed. I, I don't know what would have happened, but it would have been bad uh, on both halves, you know. And he, he the, my buddy went to shake his hand, and the guy looked at him. He goes, "No new friends." <laughs> I was like, that's a fucking like, good line. And that's a good, like, you know, I'm done. I don't need any more friends. I only handshake my friends. You could be somebody I don't right. fight. Like like when two dogs don't like each other, but they also don't, like, bite each other. Like, right. They just kind of ignore each other in space. Like, nope, done. Oh, yeah, no, I'm telling you. It's like when Seth followed me on Twitter. I don't know him, but it was like I knew I had, like, a couple of DMs before it's like I'm going to get unfollowed. <laughs> you know, it's like you can't abuse this. Uh, I have a buddy. <laughs> He's who, not looking. No new friends. Yeah. Click. I, have a, I have a buddy that... um has a real bad habit of that and for some reason he sends me the the last dm that those people send him like you're you, this is too many you're done <laughs> you're, you're banned you're, you're banned. <laughs> like, exactly and i don't think he thinks it's funny he gets really disappointed when he sends them to me it was like well at least they responded back with that yeah i mean you finally got him to say something but yeah no you can't it's, it's a very small thing so yeah so i want to have ample time to get into the boys so i'm not lying to seth when let's i get into dm it. him and he doesn't care we're gonna take a quick break and when we're back we're gonna have Laz Alonzo will be here with part two, and I'm very fucking excited. All right, that's it. What's the first big role here? So the first big role was 2005, Sam Mendes, Jarhead. Jake so, Gyllenhaal. One and Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I love that Jamie movie. Foxx. Yeah. It was the year he won his Oscar. Learned a lot from just seeing how he handled that. But it was the kind of thing where... Um, Did you know that was going to change things when you got the call? Let me tell you what I thought was going to change things. Please. So shout out to Benny Richburg and Flex Alexander. They gave me a small role um, on a little portion of the show called One on One. It mm-hmm. was a, a barbershop. And it was mm-hmm. a sitcom on right. UPN. Yep. And so I played the, this Cuban barber. Funny as hell. He was crazy. He had this thick Cuban accent. Kind of airheady dumb. Um, but he thought he was like the hottest dude in the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? It was like fun, fun as hell. So UPN loved this little barbershop segment so much that they spun it off into its own sitcom. And that, ladies and gentlemen, starts changing things. No, it doesn't. What? But actually it does. All right. I'm going to tell you how. Yeah, please. So (laughs) the problem with UPN and my character was they didn't understand, first of all, how is he black and he's Latino? They didn't get, they didn't get. The whole Latino, eh, we're not really sure. And now my character got the most laughs because it was a live studio audience. Right. He got the most laughs. Right. But the network just didn't know what to do with the character. Okay. So they picked up the show, and I was the only character that didn't get picked up with the show. Shannon Elizabeth was on the show. Marcus Houston was on the show. Wow. It was, you know. What's that like? What's that phone call like? It was heartbreaking. Did you see it coming? Or you had no idea? I did not see it coming. Um, Shout out to Yunetta Boone. May she rest in peace. She was the executive producer. And she told me straight up, she was like, listen, you have a tremendous amount of talent. I believe in you. She's from D.C. also, and she was a big Redskins fan. Nice. Um, And she was just like, they just don't get it. And Benny told me, Benny Benny actually was the one who broke it to me. My friend, who also wrote the role for me. And uh, he was like, they just don't get it. He's like, we tried. We tried to convince him. We did everything we could, but the network won this battle. The network? The network won, won that this battle. battle. And I had to just take that. You know, so from there on. Do you I, get depressed? Do you get, like, what What do you do? It, you're bummed. Yep. 
it hurts to see the show come on the air and everybody that you film the show with is on the air except you. Right. It's humbling. But at the same time, man, I realize, all right, well, back to back to the grind. And then I got to go back to the grind. And then that same year, mm-hmm. a breakdown comes out. Now, I've always gotten my own breakdowns. Because at the time, I was like, man, fuck that. Like, I got to hold my managers and my agents accountable. So when I'd see roles that they didn't submit me for, that I didn't get an audition for, I hit them up. Hey, what's up with this role? What's up with this audition? What's up? You know? And I saw a breakdown come out, and they were looking for a black Cuban. And what are the odds? Now, this show here, Mm -hmm. just let me go. For being. For being a black Cuban. And now... This movie with Sam Mendes had just won the Oscar, Road to Perdition, yep. is casting a role looking for a black human. Debbie Zane was the casting director. Debbie fucking Zane. She's Debbie one of the Zane. biggest. And here's the blessing. New York based. Here's the blessing that Debbie Zane was. She's from Miami. Mm. She grew up around Cubans. Wow. And knew what a real Cuban was. She's so when smart. all these Latinos walked in there acting like Scarface, and I walked in there just being as Cubans as I can fucking be. She was like, this is the real deal. And what's the name of this project? Jarhead. Jarhead. And that was the movie. And that changes things. That changes things. That opened the door to feature films. So had one-on-one, right, kept you, there's no Jarhead. There's no Jarhead. Right. And, and no had, feature career, right. at least to the, at that time. At least at that time, there would have been no feature career. And then Jarhead happens. And Jarhead now things happens. Open. Now things open up. I do Jarhead. Um, and then, like, from then on, the flood. Now now I can get in the rooms. Right, so you need to be able to kings, get in the rooms. There's Fast and the Furious. I mean, you're getting these things. But even Fast and the Furious, right? So, like, you're in this huge movie. And you're still making residuals from this movie. With If you have a line in that movie, you can make $800,000. But you're <clears> in these movies... And you're still looking, like when we met at uh, Screen Gems, you know, at Sony Lot, it was like you were on the precipice of the next, like, real thing that was going to be a Laz, you know, joint venture. I don't remember what year was that when we met. It was after, it was Breakout Kings. Okay. Right? And uh, Fast and the Furious was just coming out. No, Fast and Furious had already come out. Had already come out. Okay, Um, right. Jumping the Broom and Breakout Kings came out at the same time. Okay. That's 2011. Then... It's like, but I would have thought Breakout Kings would have been that thing, you know, and it was, but then you're still Breakout Kings, okay, huge following. So the, th- the the reason why I did Breakout Kings, it's it's interesting, like this business, um, when I started booking a lot of movies was when a lot of actors that were had bigger names than I did got out of the way to do TV series. Mm. So when they got locked in the TV series, now they're looking for the next crop of feature actors because all these guys are unavailable. Right. So it just so happened that like the five or six dudes mm-hmm. whose names I constantly kept hearing, oh, they were, they're out to this person or they're out to that person. Now those people are on TV shows. And I was praying that those shows never get canceled. Right. Because this is an open I was door like, for thank work. God. I was like, finally, they're on TV shows. Right. May they be rich. <laughs> right. And may forever. they make a ton of money for forever for the prosper. next 12 seasons because now I'm working. Right. So I was happy for them. Right. Um, and that's what allowed 
other opportunities to come through because now these names, I was next up. I was next on the list. I was on the list with them, yeah. but I was but lower on the list. It. Right? Yeah, they, they were, were like top five, I was bottom five. Right. Now they're on TV shows, now I'm top five. And you're getting these parts. And I'm getting these parts. And Breakout Kings happens. And again, it's a breakout for you. Now people are really starting to see Laz Alonzo. Mm-hmm. And you do the Deborah Messing show, right? Yeah. I mean, and for all intents and purposes, that show was like, you know, it's Deborah Messing. It's 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 a huge network show. And then again, Laz Alonzo, right? Here you are with one of the biggest stars in the world. That show opened me up to her audience. Yes. So it was a different audience. Um, I did notice that different people started to recognize me in different communities. Um, she has a very, very LGBTQ audience. Um, oh, that yeah. audience now finally knew who I was. So I'm very grateful for her for that. Yeah. Um, also, you know, it's NBC primetime, 8 p.m. on Monday nights on NBC, man. That's Midwest Central. That's like <laughs> east of Jersey. Right. And uh, no, east of Fresno, right. west of Jersey. And you that are. That whole space in between. And yeah, the flyover states, right? The flyover states. But you know what, man? I mean, they watch TV. A and they love cot shows. They love medical shows. They love lawyer shows. Like all those network shows are on the air because all those, those people, people the, right? Those people watching. buy soap. Yeah. They buy soap. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and that's what we did. We sold soap at yes. the end of the day. Is it? Is what we all do. Advertisers, right? They keep our shows on the air. Yeah, and thank God so, for them. Right. No so. matter how where they're they're sneaking in there, they're sneaking in. They're in. Right. So, and why I bring this up also though is because. For any one person, any of these events, whether it's Fast and the Furious, whether it's Breakout Kings, you know, whether it's the Deborah Messenger, any of these events would be like, oh, you've, you've, yeah, that's it. But right. for you, I've noticed it's been, you, you're very humble, but it's been just another level. And then, the boys. Right. Before we get to the boys? Yeah, because I'm dying to get to the boys. I want to get yeah, to the boys. I know, but I want to hear your question. Oh, no, I, I'm just curious about Avatar. Ah. I mean, listen. So that, Avatar, the reason I didn't bring up Avatar is because now I'm not going to talk about the boys. That's why because I Avatar mean, was crazy, man. So Avatar, what's the call like? First of all, do you get it? Who do you get it from? Janice? Do you get it from James Cameron? Do you get it from just your agent? Like well, who calls? Well, you? here's how this is how it happens. So I get an audition for uh, James. Did I know it was James Cameron? Yeah, I didn't know it was James Cameron's next movie, but I didn't know what it was. Didn't have a title. It was you know, the untitled whatever James Cameron project. And uh, no sides, no script. You just have to show up at the time they tell you to show up. So I show up to this office. You get there. All these actors are in there. And you have to go and you have to bring two pieces of ID. You have to sign this non-disclosure non-disclosure form. What you can't fuck? just to get the sides. And they're fake sides. They're not from the script. And uh, you can't take them out of the office. You have to study them in the office. So you don't prepare for this audition. You just walk in, and you either can do it or you can't. <laughs> so I read the sides, and one of my favorite movies studying was Braveheart. Mm. And I always wanted to play a Braveheart-type character, but I never knew what, what black character could I play that was fighting for the liberation of his people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to me, the closest thing was uh, Spike Lee's Malcolm X. yes. You know what I'm saying? But but what kind of warrior figure? You know, now that I've studied more history, you know, the Haitian Revolution is amazing. Just in and of itself. Amazing. Alone. I can't believe that hasn't been done yet. 
But yeah, let's talk about that. At that time, <laughs> after this, right? At yeah. that time, you know, it was I, I connected with Braveheart on the passion of of fighting and giving your life for freeing your people. And when I read these sides, the character that I read for Sute, he was a freedom fighter. He did not believe, you know, the space people who, to us humans, were aliens. Right. Um, <laughs> he did not believe the avatars. Like he, he, they weren't us. They were pretending to be us. And he was merely fighting for the freedom of his people. When I read those lines, it's, I was like, "This is Braveheart." I was like, "Finally, I can be." Braveheart and so I go into the audition and when I'm about to go into character and give them my interpretation of this character she stopped me and she says uh yes Marjorie Simpkin Uh, who is the cast director Marjorie Simpkin Marjorie Simpkin so you walk into the room Marjorie Simpkin just her and her assistant her and her assistant Mm -hmm. and when I'm about to uh deliver the lines um she says hold on a second she says don't say them in English. Say them in any language. If you want to say your ABCs, say your ABCs. If you want to count, she's like, make ups. You can do some gibberish. You say them in Cuban? No. You say Cuban. She said, <laughs> brought it back. She said, I don't want to hear them in English. I said, all right. Now, I had just gotten back from Russia. I was in Russia doing a movie for Roland Jaffe called Captivity. Mm-hmm. I was only supposed to be there three weeks. But, but, <laughs> Moss Films, it's a very interesting film company, and three weeks turned into three and a half months. Some money? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was getting my fun. per diem in dollars and euros is a whole different exchange rate, especially uh, then. Yeah, it was but, ugly. I mean, a pizza, <laughs> a little personal pizza was eighteen bucks. Is in Moscow? Yes. Fuck. But you learned Russian. I learned Russian. I learned right while I was there. What kind of brain do you I have? learned Russian, bro, because I had to figure this shit out. I, I was there now, right. and I'm the only black guy in Russia. Like when I wore <laughs> when I wore a Kobe Bryant jersey, they thought I was Kobe Bryant. So imagine at the club, Holy I fuck. was I was winning at the club. I'm thinking like, I go to the hip hop club and clean house, but oh, and those women are beautiful, uh, insane, crazy. Oh, my God, and so uh, I'm out there for. Three and a half months, almost four months, and I figure out, you know, workable Russian. You know what I'm saying? And they work with me because, you know, I'd carry my little English to Russian, Russian to English dictionary. So it was broken Russian, but I could say some words. So when I get into this audition, I create a hybrid of Russian, um, right there, Spanish. On the spot, just like the monologue. I just started I'm throwing saying, out words. Give it to the wall. Give it to the wall. This happens to you. People seem to throw these things at you. All right, go on. Now, here's the interesting thing about Avatar. Uh-huh. Before I even got the audition to Avatar, right? I booked a pilot on ABC, okay, um, with Donald Sutherland, and it was called "Freak." It was called um, "Dirty Money." Oh, with, with Peter uh, yes. Krause. So yeah, sexy, sexy, dirty money. Sexy, dirty, dirty, sexy money. Dirty, sexy money. I booked that pilot. I'm part of the law firm. Part of the pilot. Mm-hmm. 
They bring me to upfronts, international upfronts, ABCs, like, you know, this is our new talent, blah, blah. I'm on the stage with, like, Donald Sutherland. That was the big show for that year. Yeah, that was with a Donald very Sutherland. High and show. what's the other guy that pretends he's Trump on Saturday Night Live? Oh, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin yeah. was on the show. I was like, oh, this I is made it. it. Yeah, I made This is going to be the show. Right. Right when they pick it up, the series, they cut the law firm out of the show. I'm out of a job. Just like what happened with UPN. I was just. There were the only thing. two actors that yep. were part of the law firm besides the Peter dude. Right. And they said, no, nah, we want to focus on the family now. We don't want to focus on the law firm. Right. We're cutting the law firm So we're going to whitewash it. And I'm out. Right. You're out. But guess what? This time. Had it not opened up. I already knew. I didn't panic this time. This time I already knew. This has happened to me before. Something big is coming. I don't know what's coming, but something big is coming. And you believed it. I believed it. Right. I, I knew God right. had me. Now I was like, oh, right. pfft. He's done this before. This is right. how this is how my life works. Right. I get a big disappointment, and then boom, I get something that's ten times better than what I would have gotten. And now you're in Marjorie Simpkins' fucking office, and you got Russian under your belt. You and got I know fired this off job of is dirty, mine. sexy money. And I know this job is mine. Nobody's taking this job from me. And I go in and I blow that audition out the water. She's sitting there with her jaw drops. Her assistants are sitting there. They forgot how to hold the camera. And I, I, I put it down. And what happens after that? Is it immediate or is it a long-ass process? This was in June. See, I told you, Jason, if we start talking about Avatar, <laughs> you know, I'm the biggest fanboy, you know, go. This was in June when I auditioned. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear nothing, not a peep. After that audition, until you walked out of there like, I got this. I walked out of there like I did a great job. Okay. Not like I got this. All right. Like, I don't, I stopped thinking like I got this at a certain point in my career. And it was all a matter of just doing a good job in a room. Whether I get it or not didn't matter. It was, did I do a good, like, can I walk out of here, balls in my hand, feeling like I put it down? Right. If I walked out of there with any less of a feeling, then I blame myself. You know what I'm saying? Yes, like, I, did. I did not do what I was supposed to do. So you felt you, again, did what you're supposed to do. You're competitive. So you, and I walked met your out mark. of there. I walked out of there. And I hit the ball where I wanted to hit it. And what did you say, six months? December. Yeah, six months. I get a call. From my agent, Andrew Rogers at the time. He's at ICM now. One of my best friends. Not my agent anymore, but still one of my best friends. I'm at ICM. I was like, you're not with ICM. No, not anymore. Yeah. But I was with them for many years in Paradigm before that. Me I kicked, too? Yeah, I kicked ass at Paradigm, man. We we shut it down at Paradigm. <laughs> so, um, so you get this call from your agent. And he's like, where are you? Because this is a big call. This is not a small call. I don't remember where I was, man. Really? I don't remember where I was. You just remember the call? I just remember the call. He said, look, man. He's down to three people. You're his top choice. He wants to meet you in person and put you on tape. I was like, let's do it. So I go to Lightstorm down in Santa Monica. I go into the little Are you theater. nervous? I mean, it's James Cameron. It's not, you know. I'm excited. I'm not, not nervous. No, no I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, Kid in the candy I'm about to sit down with James fucking Cameron. Like, he's one of the directors on my list. Like, I'm about to sit down with this motherfucker. Like, and he wants to meet with you. It's not like you're auditioning. Yeah, it's not like you're auditioning. So he, I wasn't nervous, man. I was excited. I was like, I wow. wonder what he's got to say. Wow. Like, I saw what he did for Leo. I saw what he did for Kate. Like, I saw, you know, I was a big fan of Titanic. I was like, this is exciting. Fuck yeah. This is what I'm here for, you know, to so meet motherfuckers like that. So I sat down with him and we talked for about an hour, man. And he loves jujitsu. He's big into jujitsu. And I'm a martial artist. And we bonded on that, you know. Is it in his office? Uh, it's in in his building. Oh. He has a theater. <laughs> mm -hmm. He has a building. building. He doesn't yeah. have an office. He has a building. <laughs> and he has a theater. And so we sat down in his theater, and we just, it was very impromptu. It was, you know, black box theater. 
um, where you can also screen movies. And uh, we talked for about an hour, hour and a half, man. Like, I didn't expect to have such a real conversation with him. He was such a human the being. The nicest guy, right? Nice. We had him on smart, Entourage. fun, just a human being. Yeah, I remember him on Entourage. And, and by the way. As so, a matter of fact, I watched Entourage to, like, get a feel for who he was oh, as a person. Okay, so so interesting because, you know, I, I can't be a big fanboy. So, you know, I know I'm not going to have too much time to talk to the guy. So I'm like, I probably get one you know, one shot, right? One interaction, whatever it is. But he tells me this. This is what he tells me. It's the best interaction I could have had. I didn't. What I realized most of the time: keep your fucking mouth shut. Let other people talk. Yeah, I'm not doing that now. He says this story just like this. He goes, "You know why all my movies are successful? Uh, what? TNA. <laughs> Wait. So I'm like, oh, that was my reaction. I'm like, oh, you know, James is making a funny. You know, I'm like, he's like, no, not what you're thinking. He's like, all my movies. Start with either T or A. And he starts going, Terminator, Abyss. Oh, he starts naming off all his wow. fucking movies. And I'm like, Titanic, Avatar, wow. All TNA. Wow. Yeah. Didn't My know new that. movie starts with a T, by the way. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> Just, so, yeah, so you're in there. And when you leave that meeting, does so, he tell you you have a part? Or like, okay, no, 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 wait. So it hasn't, it's, no, it's, it's just wait. a meeting right now. So then after about an hour and a half and we're sitting there, we done talked about every goddamn thing under the sun. He's like, so you ready to work? I was like, you damn right. Let's get it. <laughs> you know, so he goes and gets his camera and he's got this big, humongous fucking like camera set up. Right. And, you know, I look at my sides. He's like, you need time? I'm like, no, I'm ready. Hmm. You know, and so he's like, all right. Let's right go. in the theater. Right in the theater. Me, so again, this fucking happens to you. Do the monologue now. You didn't even know you were going to have to read. Me, him, and Margie. Just the three of us. And I read with Fuck. her. And I did the two scenes that that I had prepared for her. I did the two scenes With now the Russian him. gibberish thing that with you did? the Russian gibberish thing. Fantastic. And he's filming me now. He's like getting all up in my face. And he's manning the camera. Like he's... <sighs> Fuck, Jason, so then we you... finish... Are you with me on this? Oh, this is awesome. I mean, are you with me? I was having the time the of my fuck? life, bro. I'm in the black box theater with James Cameron and Margie Simpkin. Lightstorm. And that's it, man. We're just going. And so then he calls his secretary. He's like, he tells me, he's like, do you mind doing two more scenes? I was like, let's go. <laughs> do you mind? I was like, let's go. Yeah. Boom. He sends her upstairs. She prints out two. She calls. Fuck. Two more scenes come down. I look them over. Let's go. Knock out two more scenes. Fuck. Do you mind doing more? Let's do it. We damn near do every scene my character is in in the movie. Oh, so he's giving you actual scenes now from the movie? From the movie. These are real are your, scenes. Is your mind I'm, just being blown as I'm you're reading, reading this? What's, I'm reading the actual script. Oh my God. And he's sending me more and more and more. And she keeps going back and forth. So we, we're, now we're in there for another two hours. There's another actor that's waiting to come in. But he's not opening the door because we're still playing. That poor actor. We did at least. <laughs> I was just thinking about him. And I'm loud, compassion. bro. Like I'm, I'm loud. I know that motherfucker heard me in there, like going insane. Cause I'm like, I'm, a, I'm warrior. I'm fighting. You're a tough I'm, actor, I'm, bro. I'm top. I'm jumping off the motherfucking stage, jumping on Margie. Like I'm like, you know, I'm going in. I'm fully in this character. Is it. This I'm, is it. I'm, I'm in character. Do or die. I'm in character. Right. And, uh, finally we shoot Sute's death scene. We shoot it all, man. I, all the way to the end of the fucking script. See, this is why he's a fucking G. This is why he's a master. It's like... Uh, and he gave me notes fuck. and he gave me, you know, direction. Try this or, hey, you want to try it this way? Yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. Were you present or was it outer body? 
you know, was it otherworldly while you were doing it? Uh, I think a combination of both because once you know, we went action, it became outer body. Right. But once he yelled cut, I'm back and I'm ready to talk and receive direction and understand what he wants or, you know, maybe asking him, hey, can I try it again? I think I want to try something different. Yeah, yeah, let's try it again. You know, so, um, you know, because I hadn't read the script, so I didn't have context. So a lot of the m things that I was doing were on instinct. So I'd ask him, hey, you know what, uh, I have a question. Like, right. here he does this. Is it because he really means this, or is it because somewhere else in the script this happened? And, and then so he would explain to me why he says this or why he's behaving this way so that I could perform it within context. And then we would Intense. do it. Yeah, so we had, man, we had a black. I, I had so much fun. Usually auditions are nerve-wracking. I had so much fun. It Two was hours. so much I mean, fun. The adrenaline flow, you walk out of there. I, mean, I walked out of there sweating? like five hours later. <laughs> I mean, like... And before I walk out, man, he says, look. He's like, take down my number. He's take like, down my, 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 my cell my number. My personal number. This is my personal cell number. The cam he phone. He said, uh, I want Fuck. you to go upstairs to the office. It's a valuable number, Les. Get a copy of the script. Wow. Get a copy of the script. I want you to read it. He's like, after you read it, I want you to call me. Tell me what you think. He gave you the script. And let me know if this is something you would like to do. He said, and then he, see, he was very open. He said, I have to see two more people. But I think that we, we are going to move forward with this. He said, you know, I have a good feeling about it. You know, he said, I have to see two more people, but I have a really good feeling about this. And I said, thank you. Thank you for your time. Who's the first person you call when you walk out of that room? My agent. I called my agent. <laughs> I called him. And I was just like, you know, punching in the air. And I was just like, you know, like when you score a touchdown, man. Yep. I was doing my touchdown dance in the parking lot. I'm sure they had me on camera. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? Did you know? Well, you wouldn't know this, but you're the reason I got to go to Lightstone. How is that? Well, so Mattel made these toys back in the day. Huh. Hey. There's you. Yep. All right. So we started doing this about oh, two shit. years before um, Avatar came out. I, I helped design this this toy. Um Fuck. There's there's an augmented reality portion of this where if you put it under a webcam, the little card, oh. it would like put a make a 3D version of you that you could see through your phone, kind of oh, like. Wow. What, That's like, so cool. This was 2007, so it's the same stuff you could now do with like Instagram and all that other stuff. Right. Sure. Back then it was a lot tougher, so it was a big deal. So we so we made this. Um, James wouldn't let us see any footage, but he gave us like the 3D models to build off of. So we built your character, and this is the first one of the Navi we built. You were working you for a, Mattel. I was working with a company that was working with Mattel, a tech company. Right. And so we were designing these 3D characters, and we didn't know how they did anything. But the way we thought they show, shot bow and arrows was the same for everybody, like a normal bow and arrow shot. Right. But it wasn't. And they didn't tell us this. First, all Navi are left-handed. Yep. And second, they shoot with the, the arrows wrong. So um, when, um, when we sent them the footage, they're like, you guys are doing a great job, but none of the actions are right. So, <laughs> so James Camden and John Landau took us to Lightstorm to watch footage of you and everybody ah. else. Get out. Everything was done. You watch footage of him before well, the movie came out? Uh, like, it was all the, the CGI. Yeah, stuff. no, but I get it. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, that's incredible. Yeah, so I got to sit in that theater with them on. Oh, the same side fucking of me. theater. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sit on either side of me and say, see what he's doing with the arrow? You, you put your hand the other way. Remember, all of them are left handed. Right. This is how these guys move and all that stuff. But yeah, it was because we didn't know how anything was working and they that's wouldn't let crazy. any of that footage connected. Out, of the, out of the studio. All fucking it's connected. All connected I mean, it's unbelievable. So you're dancing, you're doing it, and then how long do you have to wait till you get the official. Oh, I'm an avatar. Oh man, it was like once I called him and I said I'm in. I, I loved. I, I I literally read that shit 
all night. I read it twice. I can't even imagine. I was in tears when I was reading that damn script. I was in tears. I was so moved. I was like, this shit is... This is where you know your life's really going to change. I was like, this is Star Wars, man. Like, this is making... Reading this script is making me feel what I felt when I saw Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the closest I'm going to get. This is my Star Wars. It's all we have. I, I really agree with you on that. I think it's, it is what Star Wars was in the 70s. For me, what, it was. For me, too. For me, I, it was. I agree. Yeah. When I first saw that footage, when I you know got to watch a little bit of that before it released, I, I saw that movie. I was like, this is going to make a billion dollars. Like, I mean, it was insane. You know what he said to us when we were filming? What? He told us, he said, don't expect this movie to be as big as Titanic. <laughs> he said, Titanic had a young Leonardo DiCaprio who high school girls would go in groups right. to see four times right. in a week. He's like, that, they're not going to do that for blue people. Um, but they did. And that's the crazy thing is that yep. they did. Yeah. yeah. It beat Titanic, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, Avengers had to re-release twice to beat us. <laughs> how yeah. long are you on set? You know, how long is that job for you? About close to two years. Two Only years, you can't even work another job. No, actually, they, they were very nice to me. Huh. So there's a portion where they left and went to New Zealand to shoot the human portion because I shot all the Navi portion. We uh-huh. shot it separately. Right. The human stuff and the Navi, they were tennis balls on our set. You know, just for eyeline. Incredible. So the humans and the Navi, we shot in two different places. See, acting to the fucking wall has worked. Has worked for you. Yeah. It's the I mean, same really, thing. Working, it's it's acting Looking to at tennis a tennis balls. ball, reacting to people and yelling at them. Yeah, like, yeah. Do it in a different language. Exactly. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear it in English. These are all things now that have come Themes. to Themes. Themes. I mean, Two years. Two years. So they're shooting uh, it separately. So now they go to New Zealand to shoot the humans, and I book Miracle at St. Anna with Spike Lee playing a buffalo soldier in World War II. Again. What well, I used as inspiration for my monologue see, before I was even. Let's just be real. You haven't seen all these connections until you come on my no, show. No, no, right? no. You, you, yes. just, you just literally tied everything together. Okay, wonderful. You just tied everything together. Thank Straight you. up. No, you did. You did. I've, I've done my job here, Jason. We're, yeah. we're, we're okay. So, okay, so two years. So, so with so Spike Lee, that was an interesting audition too. What? Because Spike didn't believe I was really Latin. <laughs> He's like, you're black. I mean, you're black ass. He ain't Latin. He's like, yeah, that shit. He's like, what <laughs> the hell? A, it's a gimmick. Yeah. He's like, he, can you can you speak can you speak Spanish? Can you speak? Can you add live in Spanish? Oh my god, that that's, can you that's add live in Spanish? Good. You speak Spanish. So can you translate? Can you put the glasses on? Can you translate it? Can you speak in, can you speak Italian? I need you to speak Italian. Hector Negron spoke Italian. Can you speak Italian? So that was that was my meeting with Spike. Cause like oh so so I That's I did him. the audition. I did the audition. <laughs> and uh Proved him wrong on everything. Hold turn. on a second, hold on a second. <laughs> Kim Coleman uh was casting right. Miracle at St. Anna for Spike. I go in there, I do it. Now the sides are in English, right? But my character, he had to speak Spanish. He so was a black, he and languages. he was a black Puerto Rican from the Bronx, huh. Hector Negron. Because at that time, the Puerto Ricans were either put in white units if you were lighter than a certain complexion, or in the black units if you were darker than a certain complexion. Didn't matter if you were both Puerto Rican. 
It was how light your skin was wow. determined whether you were going to be with the Buffalo Soldiers or with the regular. And this is what we started out the show talking about, which is have you had an interesting or difficult time being a Cuban or a black person it's and being crazy. accepted in both circles? And now here you are in this kind of fake real life situation. I, I've been, I, I, I've been, again, again, like I say, I'm black first right. because that's my race. Right. My DNA is black. If you do a DNA test, it's going to go back to Africa, right. not Cuba. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Cuba was the culture. Right. Cuba was, Cuba was the culture. And, and, and listen, I'm proud of my Cuban heritage and culture. I mean, for for two, three generations, we're Cuban. But before then, African. So we'll be taking a quick break. We'll be right back with Laz Alonzo. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with Laz Alonzo. We are back. And um, we were talking about your Spike Lee audition. Spike and Lee audition. you get that. And you're in the middle of this two-year workload with Avatar. Yep. And you do this movie with Spike. Do you do anything else during these two years? Uh, no, I, I had a break in between because Avatar went to New Zealand. So while Avatar went to New Zealand, I went to Italy and did this Buffalo Soldier movie with Spike. And then you come back and you're working with James. And then I come right back and finish shooting Avatar. And <laughs> Avatar is now the thing that really... Again, you think, oh, this thing takes it to the next level. This thing takes it to the next level. You know level. what, man? I, 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 have, I have stopped looking for that one thing that really, because I've come to see that you never really make it. You never make it. That's it. There's no there there. There's no there there. You know, you always want to achieve more. You want to accomplish more. You always want the next challenge. I mean, you watch somebody like Joaquin Phoenix and Joker. And you mm -hmm. look at that level of work and you realize, man, there's still so much left to do. Yeah. Gary there's Oldman. So many stories left to tell. Gary Oldman, yeah. I mean. Sid and Nancy. Come I mean, on, man. This is. To so, embody these characters. 100%. Right. To live on that level of detail yeah. is just another level of brilliance that I hope to one day achieve. And seeing another actor do it inspires me. You know, and it and it motivates me, and it lets me know that there's still things that I have not, levels that I haven't gotten to yet. So mm -hmm. it's it's still the funnest thing I can possibly do is work. So Avatar's out. Now, let's get to the boys. The boys, because because it is you know the boys is another yet another defining moment in your career, and we're in the middle of it right now. So I can say for me, we hadn't spoken in a few months. Right, I didn't know that you would on the boys or anything. We definitely hadn't spoken about work. Right. And I just started watching it. Right. And then I, you know, I see you. I started watching it right from the pilot. I know, Jason, you watched oh, the I've show. I've seen the whole series, yeah. I'm blown away by this show. So the first time you get this script, it's an offer I'm, I'm going to- No, I audition. See, this is the business now. Yeah. Laz Alonzo has to audition for these things. You're damn this is right. not a joke. You damn right. We're not in a non-competitive time. No. This is cutthroat. It is always competitive. Um, I just a pilot is that how Amazon does it, uh, or do they pick up the whole? No, they pick up the whole series. Okay. Um, now, uh, I had done the mysteries of Laura, mm -hmm. and I had played a police officer for two years, and I said I want to try something different. You know, I prior to that I'd done another NBC show where I played a detective. Mm -hmm. You know, Deception. Right. And I said, all right, no more cops. I don't want to play no more cops for a while. Just just to try to get that cop sent off of me and try something different you know <laughs> so sent. yeah man you know and so yeah, I, I get it. that funny thing is is that year i got so many offers to play cops man right because that's what the business does networks were throwing money at me oh you're NBC, good at this here you go do yeah, that and then they would play you know it was either military you know cbs was throwing all these military shows and mm -hmm. you know abc you know he's gonna be a cop and all this and i'm like <laughs> nah. nope. 
I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So I turned down a lot of money that year because I had said, you know, I want to do cable or streaming. And you're making a lot of money off Avatar. I mean, let's be, let's be no, honest. No, 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 no. I mean, that it's not about the money. No, I didn't say it was about the money. I'm saying you're making a lot. No, I mean, listen, I did well from Mysteries of Laura. That show was... I, I, did, mean, I did well. I'm not going to lie. NBC took care of me. Good. Um, so, Fucking you know, rightly so. Yeah, I have no complaints, but... Uh, but you were able to turn down money. Because turn down money... Listen, first of all, I was just talking about this with a, fr- a friend last night. To turn down money, someone has to think you're worth money to offer it to you. That's the first thing that has to happen. Then yes. you have to go, I don't want your money. Yes, but, you know, it's not necessarily the money that you're turning down. It's the freedom of of being available when something that really inspires you is there. Okay, so I have to stop you right here before I forget this point. Anyone who's listening who wants to act or wants to do this, that is what, what Laz just said is a, is a big, big, big thing, which is the difference between the two. And that is if you can find that in the work and the confidence in the work to know that's okay. This is I'm supposed to go get something else. I want the freedom to be able to pick the roles I want. I want the freedom. And the second you have that level of confidence to know that that's what you're looking for, you're not looking for the next role. You're looking for the freedom to find the best next role. If you can maintain that psychology while you're not working, it will lead to work. Listen, work not working is still a scary thing because yeah. I didn't work for a year after that. One year, living off your savings. Living off my savings. So all the money that I made is now dwindling. You got to remember, still got the moms in D.C., mortgage, you know, expenses, car, all kinds of stuff. My stuff here, mortgage, expenses, car, stuff, stuff, stuff. Yeah. So, you know. A year's going by. A year's going by. No, Yeah, I turned it down during pilot season. But then after that, you got a lot of time on your hands (laughs) before the next pilot season. (laughs) And you're like, man, did I make the right choice? Like, what am I doing? Right. You know, your, your business manager's calling you like, hey, you might want to ease up on that Amex Platinum yeah. because your expenses are kind of high and you ain't bringing it in right now. Right. Like, it's, it's tallying up. Yeah, the call from the business manager is never a good call. They let you know. Yeah, they're like, not calling with good news whoa. ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, and so. And That's so scary. It's real. Right. It's real. You know, so one thing is having artist integrity. Right. Um, but another thing is also managing reality. You have responsibilities. <laughs> you're a, you're you're a, not just a business person. You're a human being that has bills and people that rely on you. You know. So I had already decided that I wasn't going to do any like shows that did not really, really, really stimulate and motivate me, and that I wanted to do films and TV again that I be- that I stood behind and really felt passionate about. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, uh, I did this little movie called Traffic mm-hmm. by these independent African American writer and producer, uh, Hidden Empire Group, Dion Taylor and Roxanne Avant. I haven't seen this. Oh man, Traffic. So, so these people have their own studio. They have a private investor, a black billionaire who has a hedge fund and a tech company out of Denver, Colorado. Named Roderick Frederick Smith. You probably heard of him because I feel he, like I have heard of him. He gave the commencement speech at Morehouse University, and before huh. he walked off that stage, he paid off every single graduating senior's student loan. Wow, that's Robert Frederick Yo, Smith. Robert Frederick Smith should be a national. He hero. paid. He for paid real. for real. He paid. I did not know that. Les. Forty-five million dollars in student loans in one commencement speech. 
Say his name again. Robert Frederick Smith. Robert Frederick Smith. And he is the billionaire brother that backs Hidden Empire Group, where Deion Taylor is the writer-director, and his wife, Roxanne Avant, is the producer. And they're out of Sacramento. Are they only making black films? They're making relevant films. Doesn't matter the color. Of Doesn't the matter the color. I mean, he just made a movie with Dennis Quaid, Michael Ely, Megan Good, called The Intruder. He made a movie with me called uh, Traffic. Megan Good. Yeah, made a movie with me called like Traffic. Um, Paula Patton, Omar Epps made a movie with. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, this is on iTunes. Great. I'm gonna yeah, watch yeah. it this weekend. Okay. He just so made traffic. another movie that came out. Um, uh, police drama. Uh, he's. They are on fire. So you do this movie. I do this movie. But you're still, it's not a lot of money, right? It's not a lot of money. It's an independent movie. But but you know what? I'm doing something that I love. The freedom of creating and getting this character that you were looking for. Then, boom. uh, um, Catherine Bigelow has this movie called Detroit. Yeah. Speaking of a movie about the 1967 uh, Detroit riots. And again, James Cameron's ex-wife. So here's another connection. Who, by the way, we lost the Oscar to Catherine Bigelow's movie, right. um, Hurt Locker. Yep. Hurt Locker. Yep. So another connection I mean, there. It's really insane, right? It really All is, these yeah. little it's, like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so high school. Working with her and working with Dion, you know, was amazing because, you know, when you have been on network TV for a few years, you know, network TV. I mean, think about it. These We're shooting scripts, seven, eight pages a day, right? Seven, eight pages a day, but these scripts go through legal departments. So every word has been uh-huh. approved by yeah. a legal de- a legal person and marketing execs and you know all these people. Yep. You can't just ad lib and change stuff on the fly. You have to memorize word for word and perform exactly what's on the page. It's all been now, cleared. Now I'm on a set with an independent film producer here, and then another film producer, uh, film director. Oh well, she's got the freedom to spend uh, you know uh, uh, you know one page. But she a day. shoots. <laughs> she shoots feature films like documentaries every take the cameras are in a different position she runs about five or six cameras at the same time and you never know where they're going to be and they're all handheld fucking love it and they you just never know every take one take might be a drone one take might be four cameras all on you one take they might be in the crowd extras can speak she shoots it like she shoots it like cats a, are talking to dogs. Yeah. She shoots it like a the documentary. Fuck? It's it's real. Extras it's, can it's, speak, bro. It's, that's not that's not heard of, by it, the way. It's, you know how much money that costs? There's no real. There's no marks. There's no marks. You just you live, you live. You don't have to match every take. You know what I'm saying? You just that moment. Every moment is different. You as an actor might give me something different in this take. Wow. I react to it and I give you something different. And the scene is the scene. The scene is the scene. She comes in and she all she does is ask you, what'd you say in that last one? So that scripty can get what you said because you ad-libbed. And she's like, okay, keep going. Keep doing exactly that. Don't stop. Keep doing that. Man. Say more. How long do you work on Detroit for? Is it a I worked shoot? on Detroit. Um, a few months? Yeah, about a month. Okay. You know, because my character, I played uh, Congressman John Conyers. Right. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In traffic, it was the same thing. Dion, Dion is a sports. He's an athlete. Yeah. So he directs like a coach. Yeah. It was I was interested like why he, that guy is doing this? Let me tell you something. Dion is one of the most motivational directors you will ever. He's Tony Robbins. It's exciting. 
he's Tony Robbins behind, you know, Video Village. Fucking love it. Like, by the time you step foot on set before he yells action, he's pumped your head up so big. Like, it's like locker room where they're smacking you on right. the face. Like, yo, you Lazalazo. Right. You, you the man. Right. Avatar. I'm lucky to have you in this movie. Man, you, you Lazalazo, man. Yeah. Man, I'm Fast and Furious, man. When you said, did you look under my hood? He's quoting. look under my hood? He's quoting lines from movies that I've done. Bro, he's like, I'm hulking up. I'm like ready, like. I was ready to punch Paula Pat in the face just because, like, I'm so pumped. He's like, now go in there and get her. And I'm like, ah! Like, that's Dion. That's how he directs. Yeah, that's fucking funny. He's a motivator, bro. So you go on that set, and he does that to everybody. So like, Paula was ready. Paula punched me in the face, like, straight up. Like, that's how real it got on that set. Rosalind Sanchez punched me in the face. I was an asshole wow. in the movie, by the way. I like Rosalind that Sanchez. That character deserved to get punched in the face. <laughs> I don't understand sure. how Omar didn't punch me in the face, too, because... How he nice is Omar, by the way? He's one of the... He's salt of the guys. earth. We do, tried to develop a show together. I mean, he is one, one of, of the, the nicest best people. people. One of the best people on this planet and a professional through and through. So here's what a crazy manifester you are. So you decide you want freedom. And then you get these two roles. Can I tell you a story? Please. I've never said this about Omar Epps. Please. Yes. I lived in a building in Jersey when I worked on Wall Street. And Omar Epps lived in the same building. Another connection. And I wanted to be an actor and he was an actor. Was he on ER at the time? I don't know what he... No, that's Mackay Fighter. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm white. I'm racist. Go ahead. Yeah, another black person. Up. They all look alike. Right? I mean, I'm terrible. But I got to work with Mackay too during this little right, time wait, period. What, what show did Omar go? Oh, House. Yeah, house. Yeah, okay. House, so house. it's not a but, racist but thing; I mean, it's a medical bro, thing. Medical Omar <laughs> was doing some of the biggest black movies of the '90s, bro. Oh, forget some about, of the I biggest mean, black movies in the, of the I, '90s. There's no, bro. I used to stalk he's, he's Omar. I used he's to stalk Omar at the building, trying to find him to ask. And him. you never talked to him. And I never saw him. I never saw him. But I knew what apartment he stayed in, and I would walk Creepy. by. And he was in a different <laughs> building, but I would walk through his entrance to hope that I'd run into Omar Epps. Did you tell him this? I've never told him this. So he's going to see this and be like, yo, I thought he was cool. He's a stalker. You know what I'm saying? But, like, that's how hungry I was to, you know, I wanted. I wanted information. I just wanted a, just, a, just a direction. And you manifest all this. So and you manifest this freedom manifest. for these two roles. Right. You know, again, with one of the biggest directors in the world, right. Catherine Bigelow. Yep. And now you're like, okay, that was a good choice. And I got to work with Dion, which was a liberating, freeing experience. And I'm going to tell you what Dion did for me, man. What? He gave me my wings back. Why did you feel you lost them? When you're on network TV for a while, it clips your wings in the sense that you you become a memorization machine. You don't think in feature films. You think, okay, this is just a skeleton. Now I add the meat and bones to this character. In network television, it's more this is the character. Let me interpret what's on the page right. to the best of my ability. So it's two different muscles you're using. Oh, yeah. And you have less time to get the emotionality because you're spending more time on the memorization. No, I, I will say that that uh, our EPs mm -hmm. uh, um, knew who had what strengths. So my character was always playing certain emotional scenes because they knew that that's something that I was able to bring out. Right. And you can get to that. And they you know, gave that to me. That. They gave me that moment, which I love it. Because right. because it, he was a human being. He was he was a real human. You know, uh, he, he he wasn't like just a, an archetype. He was a human. Um, but, but when I say he gave me my wings back is now I was adding meat to characters again. And I was improving And I was just going on stage and just ad-libbing. And... Just 
letting my freak flag fly out on stage and he was loving it. He was like, ah! He, he didn't want to yell cut. I mean, there would be like, and, and Catherine Bigelow would do the same thing. Well, it was like a, it was almost like a, a boot camp. Like you, you, you came off the network thing. You're like, I want freedom, and I get got this, freedom. Right, you get this beautiful fucking movie traffic. Then you get to go with Catherine and I Bigelow wasn't getting, do it again. I wasn't getting the same money I was getting on TV. But you knew that. But I was getting the creative wings back. I needed that shit. Right, and you still got some money. And I got, right, some, I, mean, I got some money. Yeah, I got some money. money coming in. And then, and then I got to do uh, a Bobby Brown story for BET, which kind of was kind of like a homecoming, you yeah, know, because I started on BET. Right. I came back again, another as an connection actor this time, another connection. I worked with Makai Pfeiffer. It was a story about Bobby Brown. You know what I'm saying? Woody, uh, Woody was the lead of that story. He was great. That's what I'm um, saying. And it was, uh, it was, it was amazing experience. So you're in this, you're in this beautiful artistic place, and then what happens? You get a script for like, okay, go for this audition, the boys, or what happens? So I get the script. Is the script get sent over messenger to your house or whatever? Or no, they don't do that anymore, right? They no, just hey, it's the PDFs. Uh, yeah, I'm old um, school. I don't. I, we didn't get the script though. We just got sides. Okay. Yeah, we didn't get script yet. Um, we got sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, I should have asked this. No, ask. I'm dumb. What sides mean? Oh. Sides are auditions. Okay. So it's the actual scene mm-hmm. that you're going to perform uh, during your audition. Okay. That's all it is. Okay, got it. Just yeah. the sides of the page you're in. Okay, got it. Right. So uh, I got the sides and I read them and I was like, oh, I was like, I like this. Right. Like, this is what I've been waiting for. And how was Mother Milk written? Was it written, you know, in an ethnic way? Was it written as anybody could play it? Uh, no, he was written. Uh, Slight. I mean, he wasn't written ethnic, but I brought that to the table. Right. But what I'm saying is that he's, did they say it's going to be a black guy or it's going to be you know like each, well he was know. a black guy right. he so was because it it's was based written. on a comic. Okay. It's based on an existing comic. Okay. So let's tell people that. So um, by the way, how about this? I didn't fucking know that. So yeah. it's based on an existing comic from, from yes. So in the '90s, um, Garth Ennis wrote this graphic novel well, called The Boys, of. and Preacher as well. Oh, oh okay. That's what I've heard of him. And. Uh, he decided the, to write the boys based on what if a celebrity ends up getting running for president and winning. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> all right. Back in the nineties, in the nineties, and he was like, "Oh, that's how long this has been gestating for him." Yeah, back in the nineties, he wrote the graphic novel, and his main superhero, Homelander, was based on what if a celebrity ran for president. And got elected. So how does he add the superpowers to it? Then he's like, it's got to be the superpower. Because it's unlimited, world. unchecked power. Right. It's unlimited, unchecked power, unlimited, unchecked narcissism, unlimited, unchecked, you know, corruption, ego, yep. ego yep. insecurity. But power not need only to keep power manipulative. But now you're talking two levels of power, literal and figurative. Right. Exactly. So you get this thing. It's it's written. You, the writing is jumping off the page, or is it jumping off the page? When I read this, because the first scene that I read, it was a black man mm-hmm. in a um, halfway house right. working with children, underprivileged children, and he's teaching them how to respect each other, how to treat each other with respect. So they gave you your opening scene. That was my opening scene. That, and then another scene. I don't remember what the other scene was, mm-hmm. but. That opening scene moved me. And I was like, ooh. I was like, I like this. Mm. And so I just, I internalized it and I lived it. And then I, I read all the other scenes that were, the, that were Given. attached. Yeah, even right. the ones that were crossed out. Right. I read yeah, them yeah. so that I can get the tone of the show. Because because I didn't have the script, I wanted to get the tone. And I saw that it was dark comedy. It was very, a lot of cursing. 
and a lot of comedy. So I said, all right, well, this character, this scene wasn't written comedically, but I'm going to add some comedy to it. And so I went in, and I knew it was Seth Rogen. Mm -hmm. So I knew, okay, if it's Seth Rogen, it has to be funny. Like, right, and he did Preacher, which, I mean, I love. I, I'm uh, a dick. Uh, uh, everything that he does has some type of funny in it. Yeah, Seth's a genius. I right. really believe he's a genius. And so I went in, and Seth was not there. Neither uh, neither was. I don't think his partner, Evan, Evan Goldberg. Goldberg, was there. Mm -hmm. But uh, Eric Kripke, mm -hmm. the showrunner, was there. And several other people, who I'm assuming were producers, were there. Right. Um, and I just went in, and I did my thing. And I oh, you made went it. right into them. I went right into them. Okay. Went right into them. I did my thing. I ad libbed a lot. <laughs> you did. Yeah, because it was streaming. You know, it wasn't network. network. You know, so I I felt like I had the creative freedom to add some shit, and I took a chance. I mean, I could have. Yeah, they could have said no. It's happened before. I've ad libbed, and I've heard <laughs> people tell me, "Oh, so my writing isn't good enough." Oh, for real? Uh, yeah. This one very, very, very big writer. And he got he me. got butt hurt about it. He got butt hurt. He said, "Oh, so now I had just done Jarhead, uh -huh. and I had gone through four and a half months of boot camp, right, with real Marine Corps, you know, ex Marines." And Jake did that too, right? We all did boot camp together. We were all you, out Jamie, there. Jake, we were out there in Victorville, California, sleeping in tents, getting snowed on and rained on, and digging fighting holes. For three months. Yeah, that's why those scenes when they all got the suits on and you're playing ball we and everything that is so shit real. In that yeah. Sam Mendez believes in everything has to look and feel real and be real. Our our sacks were really filled with equipment. They weren't styrofoam look sacks. Look at all the geniuses you've worked with. I mean, like, like it's, the like we incredible. We're walking like it's heavy because we have real rifles in our in our sniper rifle uh, cases. So you go was, in to the I, audition. I go into this other audition. Ad -lib. And I ad-lib, and then the writer's like, oh, my writing's not good enough for you? And I said, no, nah, I just want to make it sound more real. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. My agent By had way, a field day with yeah, that one. He called me. He's like, yo, did you just tell? <laughs> I was like, bro, the shit sucked. It was fake. I was like, nobody talks like that. Did anything big happen with that project? Yeah, it went to series, and now it wasn't on it. All right, <laughs> and then I Fuck ended it. up, and then I ended up after I wrapped uh, Jarhead, um, they ended up calling me in to do a uh, an arc on the show, and I did an arc on the show. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, that just goes to show you, you know, it really doesn't fucking matter. So, all right, now the boys, we're we're still on it, but I was like, so you get the script, jump on the page, you go in, you do a little ad libbing, you make them laugh, I'm presuming. Hundred percent. He was like Eric Kripke was on the floor. Once I saw him on the floor, I was like, "Oh, pff, I'm about to crack some more jokes." I was like, <laughs> "I just needed to make sure he, he would laugh." Right. Like, as if he didn't laugh, I'm like, "All right, let me go back to the, jump back to the text." Yeah. No. Once he started laughing, and I was like, "Do you want me to change anything?" He was like, "No, nope, no, nope, just keep going, <laughs> keep going." <laughs> so I was like, "All right, well, it's on now." So I went in and I just, you know, did my second scene and I added even more comedy to it. Uh. And more ad living, and he was on the ground, and everybody was on the ground, and they were just like, "Oh my god!" Like, cause I, I went super like raunchy, cause I had read all the other stuff. I was right. like, "Man, people are pulling the dicks out." Yeah, oh no, it's a and, that's one of the great things about this yeah, show. I was like, this it's, shit is crazy. They go there. Yeah, and I had, and I had Googled the comic, mm -hmm. and I saw the shit they were doing in the in the comic, which was really out of control. Like, even our show doesn't go where the comic goes. Oh, now I'm gonna read the comic. Oh, bro, the comic's out of control. Ooh. Have yeah, you read yeah. the comic, Jason? Yes, it's a, it's definitely out of control. Did you read any preacher? Yeah. 
So yeah, and preacher doesn't go there. Yeah, so okay, that makes sense. Nuts. Fuck. So yeah, man. So, so how long till you leave? You get through till whatever. Quick, quick turnaround. Ah, uh, fairly quick. I mean, um, yeah, it was quick. Uh, I auditioned in December, and right after the new year, I got a call, and they were like, um, exactly you're, a year ago. You're, you're Eric's top choice. This keeps um, happening. Amazon has like somebody that they like, but he really is batting hard for you. And, and it just so happens that Eric and I share the same lawyer. So it was great because I was able to get some right. good information from him. Like, yo, man, Eric is a huge fan of yours. Just be patient. You know, let him fight the good fight. But he's a big fan of what you did, and he really wants you on this show. He so, was right. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it, I was patient, and I was thankful and grateful mm -hmm. that, you know, he, he liked my work. And, um, and I, but you before get, you get the part, yeah, but within a couple of weeks, I had already had the part and I was getting ready to go to Canada. No, this was January. Okay. We didn't shoot the pilot till May. Oh yeah. And it wasn't even the pilot. It was the series. Yeah. They're just going into production. So they're basically casting prepping for those three months or so five I months. I was out really. of pilot season. That, that was my first pilot season after I had said no to all those other shows, the previous pilot season. Uh, this was two years ago. And now they just pulled you right out of it. And literally January 1st, one audition and You're I'm done. out of pilot season. But it was what I wanted. Right. And now you're waiting. You get all this time to prepare till June or until May. So, I'm now, sorry. so now I got to get big. Because I was nowhere near mother's milk size. What did you start doing? Working out like a fucking monster. Did you take a eating. trainer? I got a trainer. Who's um, your trainer? My, my trainer is Bobby Romero. Mm -hmm. He trains out in Woodland Hills. Right. Uh, at Bobby mean. Training. Mm -hmm. He's good, man. You should come work out with us I sometime. will. I'm in Calabasas. And he's a, he's a bodybuilder. Oh, great. You know, so my character uh, is supposed to be big. Oh, yeah. He's supposed to be huge. Yeah, he is. Um, and I just wasn't carrying that much weight. I wasn't carrying mother's milk weight, at least to look big on camera. I look much bigger on camera than I do in person. Right. Um, but I had to adopt a whole different eating philosophy and training philosophy, and he's really good at that. Um, and you had now these three, four months to do it. I had three or four months to look what I needed to look like. Actually, five months, because I started training right after the audition. Before I You already even, knew. Before I heard I got the job, I had hired Bobby. And we had started training, just in case I get this part. Huh. And that was it, man. By the time I got the part, I was already like a month and a half in the training already. I was like, oh, good. Right. <laughs> and they were like, oh, and they're going to pay for a trainer. I was like, cool. Great, I got some receipts for you. Yeah, I'm already, <laughs> I'm already two months in paying this guy. That's fucking fantastic. And now you have to take your whole life again. Toronto. Toronto. Back to Toronto. And you're with- Where we shot Breakout Kings. Right. So you know it. You're yep. familiar with it. Yep. You get there. You meet the cast. You like everybody. Oh, my God. Right? They're all nice. That's literally, that's one of the biggest blessings of this show, man, is having a cast where every single person on the cast loves the work. And it is shows. there for the work. It shows. And we love each other. And we know each other. And we get each other. And, you know- the boys, we have our own little secret language, and the soups, they have their own little secret. Oh, really? Language. Yeah, because we don't shoot that much together. You know, like me and the boys, we're always shooting together, and the soups are always shooting together, but rarely are we ever. Yeah, unless it's an action scene. And even then, um, we're fighting. We're right. at war. Right. You know, and it's not real dialogue. It's, right. It's either all of us against one of their soups because there's no way we'd be able to fight them toe to toe. Right. At least not yet. Right. Hopefully that'll change in a season or two. Um, I mean, and it's also amazing, uh, Dennis Quaid's son. And it, Jack Quaid. And didn't, oh, uh, Dennis worked with Dion. 
Yeah, it said right. Yeah. He did a movie, and with I'm Dion. working with his son, Jack Quaid. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> right, Jack Quaid. So it's this thing with nepotism, right? Where you're like, ah, oh, fucking nepotism, but then the guy's fucking great. No, Jack is really good. He's man. so good. Jack's good. The gene, yeah, they're all good, bro. From his dad and his mom, listen, he got it. Listen, I have. Not, Everyone is great. I, the same I thing that I used to do when I first started in this business, studying actors on stage who had MFAs and I didn't to learn. I still do it to this day. I watch Jack. I watch. Does Jack Tomer. have an MFA? No, I don't so, know. Right, I don't no, know. Saying, but it's interesting because he. But, but I'm learning. Seems very, very. I uh, watch these people. Method. I watch. I watch <laughs> Carl Urban. Ooh, yeah. Oh. He's, I love watching I love them. Urban. I love. But then, the few scenes I've had with Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander. Oh my god. Will you, wait, does, will you do me a favor? Will you look up Anthony Starr? Was he on? Uh, he uh, was not on Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Banshee. Right. Banshee. But he wasn't. No, he Chase. Ever... Chase Crawford was on. Uh, Chase Crawford was on Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. He was on Xena. Uh, Xena. Okay. Ninety stuff was Xena. Right. Okay. That's what it was. So. But the shit that these guys do, and I love watching actors that aren't from the states. Mm-hmm. You know, Carl and Tony are both Aussies. Right. Tomer, he's from uh, Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they bring uh, the girl that plays. Yeah, was the, the blonde Dominique, girl? The new oh no, uh, she's uh, uh, Aaron. Aaron. Um, she plays Starlight, but she's uh, not British. No, she's from New York. Okay, she's from New York. And I love her parents. Her parents are like New York, New York. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's from Manhattan. Manhattan, hundred percent. Great. She probably went to Dalton. No idea. <laughs> yeah. No idea. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Go on. Um, but like, uh, uh, yeah, Dominique McElliot. Uh-huh. She's from Ireland. Like all these actors bring their lineage and their learning and to their the culture. set and their culture and like I love watching because I've already read the script so I know what it says they're supposed to do mm-hmm. and then seeing them change it the interpretation is oh, always man I'm like difference. wow and I'm, I'm a fan man I'm a fan I'm watching and I'm learning and I'm seeing like what they're doing is something totally like they've taken the material and elevated it. Yeah, that's the thing between a good actor and a great actor. It's and a next level jump to interpretation. And a producer that lets you do that, that's the difference between a good producer and a great producer. Kripke lets us bring life to our characters. Yeah. He lets us yeah, there's a reason. give he lets us pitch him ideas and pitch him notes. And cool pitch guy. him lines, and huh. he he he'll if he says no, he has such a good explanation for the no, and he'll take the time to really figure out if it works. It's really rare. It's rare, bro. It that is, is lightning in a bottle on this show. That's what it is. You have this moment where it's the, something happens between the material and the people and the crew and the housing. You know, there's the crew or, is amazing. This is what I'm saying. It's the a, crew is. Dope, like the crew is so cool, like they're your family. It's a connection. They want to see you look good on camera. They shoot you to make you look good. They get excited when you do something crazy and cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you feel like you have a place to go home to. 100%. So how far into the first season are you when you find out there's a second? Uh, well, we wrapped the first season. Uh-huh. Oh, and you and didn't we know? we didn't know, no. Oh, really? Yeah, no, we didn't find out till uh, the beginning of last year that there was going to be a second season. Um, like about maybe February, March, mm-hmm. around that time. And then uh, we announced it um, 
at Comic-Con right. in July, mm-hmm. San Diego Comic-Con. But at the time... And we were already shooting when we announced it. So right, we were shooting season two when we announced it. You knew, though, right? You knew you had something special. I mean, you knew the reaction from the audience, and you knew that the viewers were we going knew, nuts, right? But we didn't know it was going to be the number one show on Amazon. We had no idea. The number one show on Amazon, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. So this just goes to show you, Les Alonzo started from nothing. From nothing. Not a fucking thing. And he is now, all these years later, number one show on Amazon and no stopping. Yeah, There's they no actually stopping. Work on wood. They actually took stuff away from his family before they could come here for him to get started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, you came here with a negative <laughs> deficit. Right. Well, and, I was sperm at that time, but <laughs> yes. Well, but I'm saying, really, but, but there's no chance. Like, what would the chance be for right. you to do this? For, right. you know, and yet, was there ever a moment that you didn't believe in yourself? No. Never. Never. There was a moment that I didn't believe that maybe I hadn't made the right choice. Like maybe these failures is God's way of communicating to me, I want you to go back to New York or I don't want you here or these are my signs. Are you going to listen and pay attention? And I would ask him, are these your signs? And whenever I'd ask, I'd get an answer that a job or a little gig here, like the Starburst gig. The Starburst gig paid my rent for a couple of months so that I didn't go back to New York. You know, so... So every time you thought, maybe I have to go back to New York, Every time I thought, okay, this failure, how should I interpret this failure? How should I read it? Because I don't want to continue doing something against my calling. I want to find my calling. And if this... These are signs that the universe is giving me. I need to pay attention and find out. Is this a sign? And then I'd get something that would pay me a nice chunk of change. And, and I'd be like, go anywhere. I ain't going nowhere. This is the sign. And this is the thing. It's this the belief in yourself. Yeah. It really is. That That is the primary foundation to anything you will succeed. And I, I, I never I, questioned myself. That's a good point. Yeah. I never questioned myself. I just questioned, did I make, did I make the right decision? Right. But not am I capable. Right. I'm not good enough. Never. Maybe they don't want me. Never, never. Never had that. Never, never, never. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, Laz Alonzo, I, this is... Uh, so, wait, before we go, if you have not watched The Boys, I'm going to tell you, fucking binge it immediately. It is amazing. A lot of fun. It's outstanding. Outstanding. When, it, when can we look for season two? Season two will most likely come out summer of 2020. Ooh, uh, I would say right long. after Comic-Con. That's kind of... <laughs> I think that's now becoming our coming out party. Mm-hmm. So more than likely July of 2020, you'll get a next dosage of. And let me tell you something. This last season, like I was beat the fuck down, bro. Are you I done was, shooting? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We oh, we wrapped in November. Wait. Um, but it it beat me down. But we made season one look mild. Wow. Yeah, season one is mild. Okay, we're going to end on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, season one of The Boys is mild. Season two, we're looking June, let's say, 2020. I can't fucking wait. Thank you, my brother. Laz, I love you. I cannot love you thank too, my you man. for taking all this time to sit down and talk with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Uh, Jason, any last? No, this is, I, I do have one question for you, but yeah. it's stupid. Um, <laughs> Don't preface it. I, <laughs> how do you explain the name to people like your family? Like, like I played Mother's Milk, and do they just look at you like... <laughs> I, is that a thing? Is something. that a name? That's, a, that's actually a really great question <laughs> because, okay, so uh, my mom calls me Mama Leche, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mama, mother, mother 
leche, milk. milk. But mama is actually a verb in Spanish, which means to suck, mamar. <laughs> so really, she's calling me he who sucks milk out of things. <laughs> and she dies laughing. Like, she'll be sitting there. All, like, yeah, and so now my whole family calls me Mama Leche, the guy that sucks milk out of things. I love it. So you you get it now, right? I get it that, now, that's 100%. the kind of family I'm around. They're all ball busters. But but it is a metaphor. You have sucked the milk out of everything you've done and made it better. Thank you. Uh, I'm moving this mic back. I'm not comfortable now. Wait, wait, wait. Let me everyone. plug in real quick. Uh, selfish. Uh, yeah. Uh, Please, what do you got? Talk uh, so to me. So I'm working right now with Guy Ritchie. I've always wanted to work minute, with Guy Ritchie. You're working with Guy Ritchie right now? Yeah, How do yeah. I not know this? This is fucking incredible. We What's haven't talked, bro. We've been busy. You've I been know, busy. I'm I've been upset. busy. Yeah. And I've been canceling on you like every five minutes. So I wasn't going to say your you. words, not mine. I know, I know. But I that's why you. I've been canceling. Okay, I've been, is, uh, I was filming when you were trying to get me in here. With Guy Ritchie. With Guy Ritchie, downtown LA, with this movie called Cash Truck. Oh. Um, it's Who's there uh, you? Uh, Jason Statham, Scott Eastwood. Um, there's a whole uh, uh, Holt McCallany, uh, Jeffrey Donovan, Josh Hartnett. I love Jeffrey Donovan. It's, it's, oh, he's dope. Oh, my God. Oh, he's man, fucking yeah. great. He, so he's the leader of our crew. So we're basically cash truck robbers. And it's a, it's a heist movie. And, you know, Fantastic. we have a nice little interaction with Jason Statham. And that kind of turns... The movie on its head. So while you're off from the boys, yeah. you're just doing a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, that's why that's why I had to come in today because two days from now I'm on the plane back to London to go finish the movie. So Cash Truck. When I was Cash when truck. I was canceling, I promise you it was for, for good reason. Listen, you're here. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. Actions, baby. I if have. you haven't seen Traffic, go see fucking Traffic on iTunes. Yes. Dion's movie. Yes. If you haven't seen Detroit, Catherine Bigelow's movie, I don't know what to tell you because you need to see that movie. Yes. And we can look for Cash Truck. Is yeah. there anything else? Uh, I mean, not that that's not enough. No, but that's saying, it. But, is that uh, it? Is that all you're doing? I'll be. I, I'm, doing I'm, now? I, I'm writing <laughs> a graphic novel right now. Um, I am. Uh, I love the idea of your graphic novel, by the way. Oh, we're thank not you. Talking about it, but you thank you, thank you, thank you. It. And then uh, I am also uh, creating some products that I'm going to sell in 2020. Okay, I went in on those. Yeah. Okay. Whatever yeah. they are, I went in and I want to invest. It's for men. It's Amazing. for men. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Just tell me what they. Very are. necessary product. Okay, we can't talk about them now, but not we can't have you back and announce it. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Good. When you're ready to announce it, you're coming back here. Yep. Okay, right Jason. On. Any more questions? No, this is awesome. I've I've gotten everything. <sighs> Amazing, Les. Thank you. Thank you so All right. much. All right. Les, thank you. Oh, all right, man. That was fuck. Okay. We could have gone another hour. Oh, that Mama dude Leche. has so much stuff. Mama Leche. Mama Leche has Mama Leche. so many great stories. Like, Ooh. and he's intense. I just love the way he tells the stories Amazing. too. He he hits it like. I completely understand. Like why one monologue oh yeah changes you know the court yeah no but each time the Biloxi model everything this guy did it, it's just there's no yeah. it's you know it's, there's no mistaking why it's you know the way it is for him yeah, that's, it's a lot of work it's a lot of passion and uh, a lot of talent yeah that's intensity I'm so excited I know that really I feel like I want it we should go out every time we finish one I feel like I gotta go and I'm gonna be up for like hours oh yeah no it, 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 <laughs> you got your avatar Phil every day that whole story <laughs> oh so cool I mean beyond now I'm thinking about that and then the boys oh. I got a lot in on the boys you did get a lot in on the I boys I know I felt like that worked right and like yeah. I acted dumb about not knowing the graphic novel 
I feel like that worked. That's my thing now. I feel like I have a new thing where I'm going to act dumb on things. So there'll be a few things I act dumb on and a few things I fuck up on. And you're not going to know which one it is. So this way, it's always going to seem like I'm acting dumb <laughs> when I'm really just fucking up. By the way, and, and I think this is a good thing also if I can go like, if you notice I do it, I'm like, so you did this in 2008. They're like, 2006. I'm like, great. I want to do this more. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, speaking of yes. passion yes. and excitement, mm -hmm. I'm really excited about our next guest. Oh, Galen? Galen. Yeah, Galen Gehring. I mean, and he's also going to tell us something very interesting about uh, days. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's going to be a, uh, a hell of a... Yeah. I've, I've already told some... Um, my family, um, my they all wife's family. Days. So my wife, uh, her mom, the, they all the, know the, the, the Lancaster crew, they all they watch all Days. So they're finally excited about somebody to have on the show like that's it's just like when we talk about my mom and some of that stuff they're like what that's fucking amazing yeah i love it well that was another great fucking show, great show. We got galen coming up can't wait to see, Next. talk to galen that guy's Big got some news on too. days oh his stories i mean area i don't even want to talk about it but area i'm not even gonna say yep. fuck it but also, he does tell us something pretty big about days. Yep. So stick around, and we'll uh, see you next week. Yeah, can't wait. Awesome. Thanks. Bye. The Dorfman Show. <laughs>